Bitches in the studio once more. It's been a long time, taking a hiatus, but I'm back. I need to be more consistent with this, I realize, but c'est la vie. Life gets in the way sometimes or whatever. But it does, I like it. It's a nice creative outlet. Anyways, hope you guys are doing well. Reading week, aka Canadian spring break, is just around the corner which I think everyone's looking forward to, a nice rest. And I know I am. Maybe go skiing, maybe go some go camping somewhere. Got to study a little bit, but that's it. So, yeah, I hope everyone's going to have a fun time. Be safe out there. So what I wanted to talk about recently, or that's been on my mind recently is uh, I have talked to your ear off already about it in these rambling Sams, but this book I'm getting through, I'm almost done with it. I'm like literally 50 pages away or something like that is crazy. And uh, I just wanted to share some of the themes and also uh, I watched full metal jacket recently, which reading this book made me want to do. And I forgot how crazy that movie is. Um, but also touches on a lot of the themes that this book does, so it's, like, interesting. Um, so, yeah. So now we're coming down to the trial of... Well, I don't even know how much I should tell you, but it's about a murder eventually. You, you kind of realize that pretty quickly. Um, but basically, this guy, through his characters in this book, he does this amazing job of portraying like the fact that within every person is the capacity to do so much evil and so much good it just depends on their influ- like the influences and the environment and like what is forcing you to act basically and so that he he cut he comes upon that a lot and full metal jacket is that same thing the duality of man or human, the duality of humans. But the duality of man does sound cool. The duality of man. So yeah, just like the duality is like we all have the capacity for evil, supreme evil, like murder or whatever. If we were in, it's like if we were in that an environment that allowed that behavior and became normalized and... You know, like people do fucked up things. So you can't just be like, oh, yeah, they're all just crazy. It's like, no, they are actually methodically like thinking through it. Some of them, some of them are uh, maybe crazy is not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Insane, like not in control of their own decisions. Psychotic, I guess is a better way. Um. But, yeah, just that's something that I've been mulling over a lot recently. Which is just an interesting theme, an interesting idea. And also I've been thinking about, um, there's another passage where one of the characters, one of the brothers, Ivan, who's like the uh, rationalist, like atheist, 
enlightenment science man he uh has like this crazy fever dream and he meets the devil and the devil basically like tells him why he does what he does and the devil just looks like you know me or you he just looks but maybe he was down on his luck Dostoevsky says like he he's the kind of guy that might have had children somewhere but just kind of shipped them off for an to an aunt or a relative and doesn't really want to talk about it um so I don't know what to say of that what you will but where was I going with that oh no <laughs> oh yeah Ivan Devil okay so Ivan meets the devil in this dream and the devil basically was he tells him how he became the devil, kind of, or why he became, why we need the devil, and and he would say that he would rather be in God in heaven, you know, but he has to do this job, he because he's sort of this, he's the angel of chaos, just like randomness, you know, you blame you blame all those things on on the devil, at least classically, especially in Dostoevsky's time in Russia, people are very religious. And so, but he says there would be no events. If I didn't exist, there would be no events. So it's like, I don't know, events might be a weird translation, but I think he's saying like, think about if we didn't have the element of chance, of randomness. Like, that is what makes things novel and like what makes life so interesting and also so scary, right? So you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But imagine if that didn't exist. So if what if it was all mapped out? Like he he, Dostoevsky talks about this, a lot. So he's like, what if it's all predetermined and everything's rational and everything's like down to gene- genes and bio biochemistry and we know exactly what's going on. Like basically, he says it doesn't matter. Like there's still there's a there's a need for this chaotic element in life. Like you you need and and if you could map it all out, then it's like well, what's the point, right? Like, you know what the, everything is going to happen already. Like, the, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would you live... Why would you do the same thing over again, basically? You know, you're like, well, look, I do this, and then I'll go have a career and do that and that and this. Not that... I mean, we're far away from doing any kind of shit like that, but still. And it's crazy, too, because, like, in this book, he also talks about, like, <laughs> he talks about the intention span of people getting shorter, which is something you hear like so much um, now, right? Like, and it, it's true; it, it probably holds the same. But he was talking about so this long speech, but he he talks about uh, people just become desensitized to because they can read about in the newspapers the all these terrible stories that happen all over Russia. So you know, read about a child that was thrown down a well or like. <laughs> Um, you know, sisters that murdered each other or something. You know, you can keep keep going, keep moving on to the next story, which you couldn't do before. And it's kind of it's crazy because it's like a very much parallel to what we talk about now with technology, and it's way more true with technology. At least they were reading like we don't even read anything anymore except internet articles um, and tweets and posts. A lot of people. Okay, that sounded very. No one reads books anymore. <laughs> no one except me. No, I'm I'm kidding. That was a ridiculous statement. But I feel like a lot less people read, right? I would think. I would bet my life that more people re- read back in 
Or, oh, wait, but then also you don't have, well, it's people who can read. I don't even know how you figure that out. But people read books more, I feel like. I don't know how you metric that, but. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he says. So the the character's name, the last name is Karamazov. And so he says, we are all Karamazovian in nature, capable of containing all possible opposites, contemplating both abysses at once. And he means like the abyss of extreme nobility and the abyss and you know, pure purity and the extreme baseness and the abyss of, you know, just what you think of as the abyss but he says we both we have both at once and karamazovian in nature means he talks about in the book a lot that they are the karamazovs are sensualists 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 like sensual 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 uh which means they just like like, the father is supposed to be the embodiment of this, and he's just, you know, out for himself, out for money, out for just quick gain, and doesn't really think, he's very selfish, just doesn't really think of anyone else but himself, just what he wants. And... Um... And, yeah, basically, sensual is just, like, it's it's momentary pleasure. They they seek moment, momentary pleasure. Just give me it. Give 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 me me. And he says we're all like that. So it's like an allegory for people. This book is fucking nuts. It's crazy. One of the best books I've ever read in my life. Probably the best book. Also the longest and the most. There was also parts of it that I had no idea what was what was happening to reread like a hundred times and then just like look at a summary online uh it's just so long and just like so many parts and like you can you i definitely have it together like mostly like there's very very particular scenes and there's things i've read like now i've read grand inquisitor twice and yeah, i ran a, read a couple passages twice because it's just so wild it's just so fucking crazy but yeah, man, just shows, I don't know, it just shows me whenever I read someone from a long time ago, like 100 plus years ago, uh, especially philosophers, they, it just reminds me that, like, people have been thinking about the same problems and the same questions for so long, <laughs> and especially, like, philosoph philosophical questions and scientific questions and spiritual questions, those ones just stick around for forever, like, the ex existential questions, you know? <laughs> Because that's always going to be something we think about. Unless the aliens come. But I don't know if that's going to happen. It's weird to think also about, I'm in this astronomy class, like thinking about the future of humanity, like if we somehow survive everything, and we just become like, like do we, and then we probably have to flee Earth because it's like so catastrophically fucked, or we like fix climate change knows if we're like i don't know how long we'll stick around but humans pretty i mean i guess it wouldn't take that much to wipe us out but i feel like we're resilient enough to wear like some and we also have a large population like seven billion 
someone would survive something. And hopefully we have enough backups or some kind. Hopefully it doesn't wipe everything clean. Anyways, God, I'm going so deep into this. But say Earth does survive. We survive on Earth. And we eventually, I guess, like, inevitably we're going to go and explore other planets, right? That's inevitable, I would say. If you look at SpaceX and Blue Horizons and all these companies going, like, I think it's definitely going to become more of a thing for super rich people. And then it'll become, like, normal. Um, but yeah like then what happens like we just go in, out and like conquer galaxies <laughs> and just spread around I guess it's weird I, I was listening to this really interesting interview Joe Rogan and uh, uh, an astronaut oh, fuck, I can't remember his name an astronaut and he also worked at SpaceX uh, it was such a good interview man uh, hang on Garrett Reisman is his name. Garrett Reisman. And, uh, yeah, he was saying, like, if you don't, I mean, a lot of people know this, but if you if you don't do any kind of resistance training while you're in space, your bone density shrinks dramatically and, like, you muscle mass atrophies, like, lots of bad things happen. Um, so he was saying, like, imagine, and also all those adaptations, like, imagine... What would we become if we just lived in space? Like, lived in zero-G. Like, all these adaptations that happen to you while you're in zero-G. It'd be wild if we just, like, let it go, you know? Like, you'd just be this, like... Bones would be really, like, light. Like, they don't have to support, you know, hardly any weight. And you just become, like, doughy. It'd be weird. It'd be really, really weird, I feel like. Or you just become really skinny. I don't even know what would happen. But, like... Yeah, I guess your bones would be, like, really brittle. But isn't that wild to think about? I don't know. Like, and you ha literally have to work out. <laughs> so if you want to keep your – so if you're in zero-G and you want to keep your muscle mass and bone density the same, you literally have to work out. So, like, <laughs> that's going to be a deterrent for some people for long term. Or a motivator, like the ultimate motivator. <laughs> it's just like, all right, you either work out or you become, like, some strange – thing <laughs> some strange uh, blob <laughs> with hollow bones <laughs> whoa that would be fucking crazy but I guess if we developed any like civilization like that we'd probably like have some gravity we'd need it I don't know how we would do that but well I guess it's in an orbit Yeah, if it wasn't in orbit, then maybe. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, that's what I've been thinking. Uh, what else? What else do I want to talk about here? Sovian. 
I don't know, thinking back to his argument, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you could argue we're not creatures of immediate pleasure. Like We're uh, kind of wired to be. So that's why I like sex and food and everything. Dopamine feels so good. Short-term reward in the long... We're so... Yeah, man. I've talked about this before, but like we're so bad at judging like long-term goals over short-term goals. It's actually crazy. Like decision-making. Decision-making. Like what pushes you what made me come to the studio today like today i decided like i've thought about it before i'm like why okay i could just go but why today was i like oh yes i'm gonna book time and do i guess my you could say my schedule opened up and but uh but it could be like my sleep or like what i'm thinking about or i don't know it's kind of can't read too much into like (laughs) how you make decisions i think you can try your best to put as much rationality in as possible but at the end of the day, like, you're going to be influenced by what you're going to be influenced by, you know, like, home, environment, sleep, food, just, like, current mental status, you know, like, who knows what decisions you make in what frames of mind. Yeah. This guy, Daniel Kahneman, is all about, like, you gotta, you have two decision-making process units in your brain. And one of them's thinking, one of them's like the fast system, one of them's the slow system. And he says like the fast system's just like, you know, dealing with things like intuitively almost. Like you look at a square and you can't help but like see it for a square and like know it, that it's a shape. Like, uh, but I guess decisions, it's like um, more emotion, not emotional based, but like intuitive, intuitive based or like, yeah, emotional based. Like everything that just like, makes that internal immediate decision. Um, And then the slow part of your brain is like the rational, like thinking through things, like calculating things. And he says most of the time we overweigh the system one, like too much. We should just look at like data and like things. But like, I don't know, doesn't that remove some kind of like, that removes your human edge. (laughs) Like the whole thing that makes you who you are is the fact that you cannot be summed up it's like what i was saying before about like the a life that was like predetermined like yeah like everything would be planned out so why would you do it like the chaotic element it all relates ladies and gents it all relates (laughs) what was i talking about Fook. Oh, decision making? Yeah. So, like, I understand what he's saying. Like, the rationality, I guess, would help us more in the long run. But do you remove something from your brand, like, your decisions? I guess it doesn't... Does it matter? I guess that's the question. I would say it does because it's like your every action is like a every action's almost like an imprint of who you are, kind of like not really, but kind of you know. Like if you look at someone's life decisions, then it does give you pretty good description of who they are. 
And a lot of those life decisions were not made rationally. I would bet you. They were made for way more reasons than that. So, I like, I mean, I get it. Maybe, like, financially makes sense. Or, like, medically. Like, if you just, he, the guy, Daniel Kahneman gives this example in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, really good book. I haven't actually started reading it yet, but I've heard the fucking synopsis like 1,800 times from my dad because he read it. Um, yeah. Basically, thinking of Austin Slow. I told you the premise already. But he says, uh, like, take, for example, a consultation with a surgeon. You Say your son tore his ACL and you want to get, you know, multiple opinions from different surgeons and you meet one guy and he's kind of cold but like he knows very like rigidly the procedure and he's done it way more times even um but he just comes off cold like doesn't seem that interested in you or your son versus a guy who's like still knows what he's doing but hasn't been doing it as long but he's very personable and he has a good bedside manner and uh you know you're taken in by all of that you know, positive vibes coming at you. And you pick that guy. Even though the guy's, the like, the first dude, his surgery record is way better. You know, it's like, yeah. It's, it's looking at those details, the rationality. So in those cases, it can help you. But it's like, if you can't, if you start to add that to every single decision you make, do you become less human? Or do you become a better human? Because, like, more rational decisions usually are the better ones. Or, who knows, right? Like, some decision you make could lead you down a path you don't even fucking realize. And, like, who? how long does the chain of decision-making even fucking run, you know? Like, you keep going ad infinitum. Infinitum. Yeah, I don't know. This shit's fucking weird. Fucking strange, mate. Muy extraño. Okay, I'm done with this shit. I'm gonna be dropping some tracks though. <laughs> I was rapping before this. Maybe I'll do one more before I leave. Um, thanks for being around. Appreciate everyone. Hope everyone's having a good time. Sorry I've been so long. Um, but I'll try to be back here more. I will be back here more. Oh. I will be back here more. I will be back here more. Say it again. I will record more podcasts. Positive affirmation. Does it work? I don't know. We'll find out like an experiment.